0: Okay, here we go. Hello everybody. This is Brand Gamblin. It's about about 5, 10 in the morning. And I am going on my morning walk. I have brought along Miss Ripley Gamblin. She is a uh, black cocker spaniel. And she's walking with me. Pretty excited for the fact first time on my morning walk. I honestly don't do it that often and I think this uh thing on the morning walk thing will actually help. Uh if you're a fan of Nathan Lowell, you've probably heard of his uh talking on my morning walk thing that he does. More or less every day. I'm a big fan of it myself. And uh I always enjoy hearing his thought process while he's walking, incomplete though it often is. And uh, I thought, well, I could use this a way to remind myself to go out and walk, to actually get the work done, and as a way to kind of do the same thing, think the thoughts out. And of course, Miss Ripley's going to be very happy about that as well. She's snuffling along, enjoying every moment of it. So, let's see. A little bit of background. I am Brand Gamblin. I am a six-foot-tall white male in a goatee and a bald head and a t-shirt and jeans walking along with a replica Terminator 2 black leather jacket <coughs> and a ski mask that's rolled up to show my face, so I'm just the person you want to see walking around it. i um, going to be walking about two uh, miles today, uh, I generally walk a mile in about, so it shouldn't take more than half an hour. Probably edit this down a bit. I know Nathan, if you're a fan of uh, talking about morning walk, Nathan doesn't edit his and I think he's right, but I also think that right now, I'm going to be more of a pointless rambler than he is. Not, not that he is, yep, you know what I mean. Anyway, I'm going to be pointlessly rambling is what I'm saying. So, yeah, let's see, it's been a good day so far. got up at 5 a.m., and I went to my new little makeshift office. I mean, we have an office room in the house, but we almost never use it, and so yesterday I cleared out some space, put a little green folding chair in front of a wooden beam, and said, all right, now this is my workspace, and I, uh, Miss Ripley found something interesting. Now she's like 20 feet behind me, catching up. Um... So, uh, yeah, so I sat, up, sat down this morning, and I said, let's get some words done. I had kind of a cool moment yesterday. Not really an epiphany, you know, those moments when the whole story falls together. This was a really cool moment in that in this, the whole story fell apart. See, I had a really cool idea for how this was all going to work. In my story we leave off with something of a cliffhanger and I already knew what the uh, I already knew that the story wanted to do. Oops, lost my headset there for a second. This is why I think I'm going to need editing, (coughs) because I'm going to be doing silly things like that. Anyway, so I knew what my story wanted to do, and I had basically two main arcs. One of them was for the main character, and he was going to go through all kinds of adventures, on his own. Very Wizard of oz kind of thing. And uh, the other one, I mean, the, the Wizard of Oz kind of, you go off into a strange new world, you have adventures, you come back home, that kind of thing. Uh, the other one was for the rest of the nobility. Um, in, in my storyline, I'm dealing with a neo-Victorian world, which is to say a world where... We have kind of a steampunk vibe, but uh, it's futuristic, and so I'm dealing most recently with the high nobility of the land. Anyway, um, so yeah, uh, it's kind of hard to talk about this without spoilers, Um, but uh, I basically leave the uh, last book, in Vito Rex, in something of a cliffhanger. And I already had planned how I was gonna deal with it. It's gonna be a very, very straight A to B kind of thing. Made good sense, be lots of fun, be exciting for the main character, and for all the nobility. But yesterday I had this idea. I, I just didn't want to sit and write it. It's been months now. I'm not proud of that, but it's been a long time. And I haven't been able to get up the nerve to just sit down and start writing. (laughs) And, uh, yesterday I had this idea, and, uh, I I know it's not going to sound terribly original, but what if everything didn't go right? What if everything didn't go from A to B? I mean... My main character has a plan, he executes it, everything works out fine. So, what if one storyline doesn't follow the narrative expected by the other, and basically completely throws it off? Now this is kind of a problem for me, because it's definitely not the way I planned it. It's not what I had written. and. Uh, put it mildly this will not fit in one book um, if I go from A to B obvious simple straightforward direction that I planned then everything would fit nicely in a hundred thousand words but I can't can't do that if I'm going to uh, basically screw up my storyline and then there's also another problem which is I had a plan I had a plot it was you know not Hollywood but at least it was straightforward and I knew I could write it and it all made sense now if I change that I got no plan I have no idea what would happen next and uh then in this moment of clarity yesterday, I realized that's not a bad thing. I have to be okay with that. I'm not writing Hollywood. I mean, I try to make my stories interesting and exciting, and I have—I mean, I, I tend to write very not really cerebral, but I spend a lot of time. Spend a lot of time examining what people are thinking and what motivates them to do, you know, the next step, and, uh, well, it's very weird. alright, all right. I spend a lot of time with the cerebral stuff, but I also put a whole lot of action in there. I mean, in uh, Tumblr I throw a comet at my heroes, I throw problem after problem at them. In the Hidden Institute I have uh, Cliffy constantly under the threat of death. In the Danny, we've got two different armies trying to kill them, not to mention the lava monster. I mean, I love throwing little excitements their way. With that said, it sort of fits into a Star Trek Hollywood, at the end of 33 minutes everything's going to be fine. Or no, what is it, 22 with commercials? Yeah, I think that's right, 22 minutes, adding commercials for a 30 minute show. Anyway, the uh, so yeah, I tend to write. As though, alright, now we're going to get to this point where everything's okay. Everything's back to normal. Whatever that means. And, uh... And I can't do that if I screw up the storyline. By having the characters act, admittedly, the way they probably would act. But not the way we need the story to go. So... Oddly. Just saying. You know what? I don't care. I'm going to, uh, write this story the way the characters would act. Maybe it's not going to be one book. Maybe it's going to be multiple. Have to... Have to trust that I can figure out a way... In the end, to, uh make it all come together and I honestly don't know if that's true I don't know if I can patch it all together because I'm telling you when I say they go off the rails I mean the king is missing and the entire country goes to war I've created basically four major families four noble families and through a few simple actions I'm going to put them in a situation where they all start open fighting with each other. I mean, the Wild family owns land. They own more land than anybody. The, uh, Athertons own the media. They own all the media outlets in the world. The, uh, Oldhams have basically all the money. And, uh, and then you had the Becketts, and um, basically they are just career royalists out of the whole set. They are a family that exists for no other reason than to be a royal family. They're not the richest don't have the most land there. They have no real great benefit except that their families, right, their, people from their family have been kings and queens, so, and of course, as what's basically the weakest family, those are the ones that our protagonist comes from. <coughs> so when he screws up, when he's gone, left to their own devices, where there's only three families left. Don't know if you heard that, but my phone just told me that I've walked one mile. So I'm turning around. Um, anyway, yeah, so you got four families and The uh, Becketts are the weakest, they're the royalty, they're the protagonist, and yet without them we have three families that are put into contention. See? See, our hero did something stupid. He does a lot of stupid things, really. Uh, I think that's one of his character traits, although it was never intended. He has an abundance of overconfidence at the worst possible times, Which, if you think about it, is pretty interesting because I mean, I'm writing a story where we spend a lot of time inside the characters' heads and I'm managing to create a real doofus. But every time What he's doing makes sense. It seems like the right thing to do. He just keeps screwing up. Anyway, he left a mess. Didn't realize it. And in his absence that sparks a civil war. The Atherins claim the throne. (coughs) The Wilds are threatening rebellion. I'm actually going to have Wendy start her own underground movement and uh, they're challenging the Atherdyns, the Oldhams are going to be siding with the Atherdyns because the Dowager Queen is going to claim the throne. So, as long as the last Beckett is stepping up, the wild starts start supporting her. And that means the Oldhams and the Africans are going to be fighting against them. And now, in general, I tend to make those like, oh, there's fighting going on, but we don't really see it. We just hear about it, hear reports. But uh, no. I'm going to take the time. I think I'm going to take the time to show Wild's people shutting down Atherton's buildings. They own all the land, after all. They can kick Atherton's people out. You do that to repeater stations for satellite uh, broadcast and you can take a media empire down. Just shut down every single repeater station and suddenly they're under. Meanwhile, Wendy's got her, uh, her show going. Starting a information coup against them. And, uh... The Atherton's strike back through a media blitz, claiming that the Wilds are revolutionaries trying to take over the world. Meanwhile, Oldham is searching everywhere for Scepter, for reasons that only he will explain, I mean, that only he will know, and he'll explain more or less after he gets it, if he gets it, haven't decided yet. Then you've got Lady Cresslin, the Dowager Queen, who's constantly running from place to place, trying to keep the uh, throne under the insane belief that the king is coming back and that she needs to keep it for her family. Anyway, this is a big rambling bit with whole bunches of spoilers into the next book and I'm okay with doing that because, like I said, I have no idea whether I'm going to actually ship it that way. I have no idea whether that's actually the plot that's going to go. It's just what's running through my head at the moment. Beautiful day. I mean, it's 6am, but looks more like uh, noon on Christmas. Maryland has started to feel the icy grip of November. Honestly, it just happened like in the last week or so. I mean, last week we had the A.C. on pretty much all day. And now we've reached the point where we're turning on the heater. No, no, not in the street. Alright, Miss Ripley has decided that we need to find a spot. Like I said, she's not used to this, so... I have one of those bag stations up ahead. Come on. course, I forgot about that. I don't know why I didn't think of that. She's a dog. You walk a dog. You're going to need to bring a bag. But I forgot. So that means I get to walk a little bit extra. Going to the bag station, then back to the scene of the crime, and so on. I love that they do that. And I grew up in... Uh, in Texas, I never saw these before. You have sidewalks, and then every so often, just a spot with a doggy bag and, and a trash can. It's hella useful. Pull bag out and down. Good. Come on, puppy. It's alright. You're a good girl. You're a good girl. Anyway... So, yeah. With that epiphany of muddling the story, I basically opened up a whole lot of new possibilities. More importantly, I'm okay with sitting down and writing. This morning I got up at 5, went over to the little workstation, and I just sat down and I wrote been a half an hour writing out plans because I'm a big one for plotting. I'm not much of a pantser myself. And then once that was in place I sat down and started writing out the actual stuff dialogue actions and whatnot. I say stuff as I'm reaching down to pick up the dog's deposit. It should be If I was a writer and did it that way, I'd be accused of doing some kind of sex-in-the-city wordplay. Anyway, all that kind of quote-unquote stuff. So let's see, what else? Day is going good so far. Two hours into it, gotten 500 words written. Not a lot. I'll grant you. But if I can do a thousand words a day I can get four books done every year. Which is about three books more than I have been doing for the past ten years. So, No complaints there. Actually, now that I think about it it hasn't been ten years. I've only been writing for Alright, Tumblr came out and I think I put together about a book a year, so that'd be about 2008. Is that right? Man, time flies. Of course that's if you count the Danny, which personally I don't. The way I see it, we've got Invitorex this past year. Before that, Discount Miracles. And before that, Hidden Institute. And before that, Tumblr. So, five years if you count the Danny. Which, like I said, I don't really. It was a short story collection. I like the storyline that tied all the other stories together. But, to face facts, it was a short story collection. A collection of shorts that I'd written. Over many, many, many years. Some of them reaching back about 20 years. I just pulled them out of the virtual desk drawer, at the back of the desk, brushed them off, edited them, and then boom! Whole new, fresh story. I was actually surprised at how many of them weren't horrible. There's one story in the Danny. I just called it, for the longest time, I called it my unsellable story. It was uh, trying to combine a... uh, Basically, John Hughes with John Carpenter. Starts off with this coming-of-age story about a bunch of teenagers who are just, just getting out of high school, staring down the barrel of their future... They're not sure what they want to do with their lives, I mean, and come into terms with that. And in the middle of it, creatures start raining down from the sky. And they uh, have to put their future plans on hold for the alien invasion. Not so much even Carpenter really, uh, that I think about it, it was more Stephen King. Carpenter was more of a gooey, gross kind of horror. Stephen King does a lot of uh, psychological scare you with the, uh, the potential for danger. Rather than the actuality. Hello. I haven't walked at this hour before. Nor puppy, I guess. Running into leak coiffed teenagers which reek of we've discovered perfume. Nice kids, I'm sure. Friendly. as eager to stop and say hello to each of them, though being teenagers, none of them are eager to stop and pet a dog, especially a dog tethered to a guy who, let's face it, looks like he came out of one of the last scenes of Fargo. I do feel bad about that. I like the way I look. As I started getting up to about 40 years old, I decided I was going to pick a character class and I was going to specialize. Body style was made for more of the bruiser type despite the fact that I've never really done any serious athletics. So, I found myself doing one thing after another, fitting that profile. At my wedding, one of my groomsmen said, you gotta shave your head. He'd been doing it for years. Looked good on him. And I've been going bald since I was 22. So, felt like I was fighting a endless war baldness and I uh so I just decided to shave my head and I realized I starting to look like a badass so now I've got the beard and the shaved head and uh, then my little girl is going to get her ears pierced I thought that sounded kind of cool so I did that. I swear to God I'm starting to look like a bouncer now. But honestly I like the way it looks. I mean it looks really, really good with the uh, Terminator 2 leather jacket. But every now and then I have situations where I'm being nice to people and they don't recognize it. And that's fair. Because I'm basically choosing a character class that's not known for being nice. I guess... every position has problems. Anyway, back at the house. So... If you like this, if you want to hear email me at brandg.com. I may do it anyway, but... it'll help guarantee you contact me and let me know. All right, have a wonderful day.